Come on in, get cozy, and join us for an aha, unplugged, and unfiltered conversation with some of entertainment's most interesting personalities. You're at home with the Creative Coalition. And now, here's your host, CEO of the Creative Coalition, Robin Bronk. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with one of the stars of Showtime's The Shy. Now in its fifth season, we have Yolanda Ross, who stars as Jada Washington in The Shy. And you'll also see Yolanda in Showtime's upcoming series, American Gigolo, which is premiering this fall. Yolanda, welcome to the hot seat. So last time I saw you, we honored you. I know. A couple weeks ago for everything that you are doing with breast cancer and breast cancer survivors. And um, yeah, you're, you're amazing. Thank you. And you introduced us to a great group that you're working with. And uh, they just couldn't say enough great things about you. <laughs> well, same here. I mean, that whole experience was pretty amazing. You know, as an artist getting to portray somebody going through something life altering and then doing the homework and getting to meet the real women that are going through cancer, the whole journey that they go through, all the parts of it, ugly, you know, all the ugly parts of it, all the heartfelt parts of it, and being able to bring that to life and learn something at the same time. These groups, these organizations I got to work with, I got to learn from them. I got to learn from the women in these groups. So Well, and also, listen, having your platform, you're a well-known actor, you have a show that's a hit show, and and to just, where you let, you know, you... Fa- fact and you know fiction and nonfiction meet real life and 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 your television life meet and you have successfully bridged that to to the benefit of society and I think that's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the great things about the work that we do. I mean, it's work, it's play, it's all these things rolled up together. But you know on any level of platform that you have, you're able to touch so many people, you know, and, and in this case, yeah, it worked out great where I was able to help other people and get the message out there all at the same time, you know, and, and help women see themselves, you know, women of color see themselves on the screen during a time that is not pretty for them. That's not, you know, that they're feeling vulnerable. Okay, so let's talk about this this other alter ego of yours, um, Jada Washington. You have the one of the starring roles in, in the hit show, The Shy. And I looked at some of the notes, I guess it was some of the log lines. And you play Jada Washington, who's Emmett's tough, but loving mother. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell me, tell us, tell everyone. But if there are any secrets, I promise we'll keep it just to ourselves. Um, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the audition for The Shy. Oh, my gosh. So the audition. okay, it came at a time when um, there were two projects that year that moved me that I related to, you know, that I was like, yeah, I got to get these. And one was a movie. The other was The Shy. And this was beginning of the year. 
you know, whatever year it was, I think it was like 2016, beginning mm-hmm. of the year, I auditioned for these two. Well, at least for the shy. And then didn't hear anything because like, first off, when I read it, I was like, oh, I know her. You know, she's my my sister, my aunt, you know, my friends. She's all these women that we all know. You know what I mean? And which is work- interesting because wait, wait, which is interesting because mm-hmm. you grew up in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like me, it's one of those states, you know, I grew up in South Carolina. It's one of those <laughs> states that no one ever, you know, so so even growing up in Nebraska, you could identify. I mean, that yeah, you know, with yeah, with Jada. I mean, and that's the thing, and that's the thing that I get so much, you know, so often from people just randomly how they do identify with her because she is a single woman. She is a mother. She is working to take care of her son, to take care of herself. She wants love. You know, it's like what is so singularly black about that or what's so singularly white or latin or, or any race yeah or urban or rural. yeah or urban or country it that is universal so it speaks to everybody who she is at her essence and then to read the words i was like oh well it just rolled out of my mouth the dialogue just rolled out because it was written so well it was written in a way that you know, it's it's how we speak. It's how you speak when you're familiar with people, you know. So I did this audition, felt great about it, forgot about it. But obviously I didn't get it because it was like at the end of 2016, December, I was at home with my parents and it came through again. And I was like, you know, and you're looking at the text and it's like, didn't I already do this? You know, it's like, you know, when you already know the words and they were like, yeah, they came back around again, but they want you to go to network. And I was like, oh, wait, so wait, what? So, and then they explained everything to me. They had, you know, hired a whole nother cast, shot the pilot, Showtime did not like it. So they recast the show. Wow. And, yeah, so it was a whole recast. I think the only people from the original are the character Tiffany and the character Papa and everybody else different, you know, just different cast. And so I went in, um, you know, went to LA cause I was at my parents' home in Nebraska at this point. I went to LA, met Rick, the director and, you know, and you get nervous at this point. Cause this is like, this is network. This is it. This is like, this is it or it's not, you know. Wait, what do you mean this is network? That well, you're then reading for the network to get this job. So you then you sign your contract, you do all this paperwork, and then you do all this auditioning for the network. Um, and are you with other people in the cast? How how well, I mean, because there is no cast yet. So right. they're pairing people together at this point. And in my case, because I've gone to network one other time for um, like a spinoff of the L word that didn't happen. Um, But in this case, I was there. Nobody else was there. And I didn't want to get excited because you don't want to get excited yet. Um, But nobody else was there. So I came in, just did my reading with one of the producers. And then they started having the boys come in, the guys that were coming in to play Emmett, my son. 
And so I read with all these kids and I, you know, I met with Jacob after Jacob Lattimore plays Emmett, my son on the show. And I, I said to him afterwards, you know, after the auditions, I was like, dude, it's you. It's you. I mean, it's like he just had such a spark is such a light. And he was so fun to kind of work with. And and just, I, I don't know, I could just see it. And we we worked well together in the audition. And so, you know, went through all the guys. And I think I did it twice with Emmett, I mean, with Jacob. And then they said they would let me know at the end of the week. End yeah. of the week goes by, there's no call, there's no nothing. And it's like, okay, wait, you know, so you're you're feeling secure. Hey, are you but, still still in LA? You went back to Nebraska. To- um, at that point, I mean, I went back to New York at that point because mm-hmm. I was only home for Christmas, like holidays. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay. So what are we doing? You know, nothing had happened yet, and they were like, you know, everything's cool. They want to see your press package and da da da. And it's like, just to let everybody know, it's like it's not just you auditioning to get a job. It's like a whole bunch of other stuff. And so it's like having all your like presence online is a serious thing, um, especially these days. So um, they got my video. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> fun. You know, it's, it's hard enough and nerve wracking enough to audition. Yet you got to have a press packet and have a presence online. So I sent that stuff in and still, you know, you're just trying to stay positive. You don't want the you know, the worry to set in, the nerves to set in. And a few more days went by, a few more days went by. And then, you know, my manager at that time was just like, what's happening is the only person you're up against is the girl who originally did it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see. So let me just hold myself together. And, um, couple more days went by and I got it. I got it. So what yeah, we feeling? can breathe again. Yeah, Robin, I saw your face. <gasps> you yeah, yeah. I, uh, I even yeah. know the end of the story. <laughs> so I was yeah, it's like, you it. know, the end of it, but it's like, it's not, you know, it's just, things are just not cut and dry. I wish Have they were. Have you ever been in the same room with this other actor who you replaced? No, but I mean, I do know who she is. I'm, I'm not going to say who she is, but mm-hmm. it's like, there have been in other situations where she got it over me. And it's just like, it's really a, a level of taste for, for whatever the part is. No, I That's mean, there's all. so many people that have that their actor sort of doppelganger. Oh yeah. Doppelganger. But, but also there's, there's different parts because it's yeah. like, depending on what the part is, people only kind of look at one part of you when there's a lot of parts of you, you know, but they only look at a small part for their whatever the the part is for the the job. So now you're into season five, where I think it's season five just debuted. Yep. Who should be watching this show? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was a paid announcement by Showtime. No, it wasn't. <laughs> And Yolanda Ross. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? It's it really is. It's a fun show. It's a show that gives you an insight to different. I mean, it takes place in the South Side of Chicago, but there are different types of people that are in it. You know, as far as characters, you know, it's not like. I mean, I feel like most people think of 
street stuff, urban stuff, and um, violence where they think of Chicago, especially Chicago and Black people. But it's like, you know, my character, I would say, is like middle class, somebody that's lower middle class that's working to take care of things. She's not into any crime. Her son has a business and, uh, you know, he's getting his life together. It's just life. It's people working and making their life work in her case. And there are other aspects of the show where people do get into street crime, that people do get into higher white collar crimes. We have a large LGBTQ storylines in our show. So it's like we hit everybody, you know, everybody's covered. And again, going back to what I had said before about the storylines not being black specific, they are universal, you know? So it's, it's not necessarily a race that we're like looking for as far as viewers. In these five seasons, is there an episode, not your favorite, cause I'm sure everyone <laughs> is you know, your favorite for some reason, but what was one of the most challenging things that you had to do as Jada? Oh, that's a good question. Now, let me think about that. Most challenging. Well, I'll say just for Yolanda, period. Anytime I have to dance, that is challenging because (laughs) I do not dance. So that's one thing. But there was actually, it was funny and it kind of shocked me. There was an episode in season three, I think it was, and... I was going out with this character named Ronnie and um, he came over to like, he came over to Jada's house having drank too much. So he was inebriated and he grabbed her, you know, by her wrists and kind of pulled her into him. And in that moment, I had never felt that kind of caged feeling of being trapped. And for me, it did actually freak me out in that moment because I mean, even though we are acting, we are become like for me, I am becoming somebody else when I act. So it's like I'm becoming it's not acting. I am someone else. That feeling of being trapped in somebody like having me. It's like I had to catch myself to remember this is an actor not to hit and strike because I was feeling, Mm -hmm. um, you know, restrained. And that that was scary. I wanted to kind of like a, a, a flight or like whatever you call that when you want to just run, hit, do whatever you got to do to get away. But I felt like that in that moment, even though it was, you know, it was work. That was a, that was a weird feeling to feel. And I mean, one of the articles that I read about, you know, I've watched it. And one of the articles that I read about it is interesting. I'll, I'll, this quote is the shy is important because outside of seminal black films like soul food and love Jones, most of the pop cultural depictions of Chicago have been filtered through white people's lenses. Tell me about the lens of the shy. Well, I mean, the lens of the shy is through black people, black people and primarily women, you know, and Lena made sure of that, you know, her, she herself being a black woman creator, she makes sure that's who's in the room as far as writers and as far as directors as well. We have, Black, Latino, women, men, LGBTQ community. That's who's writing and directing our show. Talking about diversity, do you think that Hollywood's doing a good job in general? Hollywood is getting there. They're getting there. 
I mean, there's still a lot of places that talk, like let's have a meeting on diversity. Let's, you know, let's have somebody come in and talk to us about diversity. It's not that hard. Just hire people, (laughs) hire people. You don't have to talk about it. Just do it. You know what I mean? Just do it. There's plenty of qualified people if you want to look. Now, to add to your talents, you're also directing some now, right? Yeah, I am writing and directing. Last project I worked on, I got to do some writing because of the way it, you know, everything turned out with it. And I'm working on getting my projects financed so they can be out there. <laughs> so anyone listening, we have hello. Good, we have some good investments for you. Some good sound investments. <laughs> I've got a couple of great film scripts and a couple of series ready to go. So we need to see some green lights out there. Mm-hmm. Flash them. Flash them. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep flashing. Because <laughs> we know how easy that is. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's so funny because it's like, in the big picture, getting a film made is like, how does anybody get it done? But if you're not Marvel, if you're not Disney, if you're not, you know, any of those you know, companies that put out certain kinds of movies, whatever I put out is people driven, story driven. And a lot of times people don't want to think, you know, they want to think they don't trust in the the magic of movies. And that's what scares me is like you have so many finance people making these decisions. I mean, it is finance people making that decision. Well, but yeah, then, I mean, you need you need the dough to No, you need the dough, but you also got to understand this is art. It's not, you know, it, this isn't a store. You know, if right. we sell this well, much, if we business. stock this much it sell, you know, it's yeah. not it's not that. It is magic. So that every time you hear about a certain movie that somehow squeaked through that people didn't want to get behind. And then you're all like, oh my gosh, this made so much money. And how da, 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 da. Well, you know what? It's because it was actually a really good script. It had great actors. It wasn't full of CGI and it touched people. It wasn't trying to be like this, that, and the other movie. It was its own thing. And people just don't trust that. And it's in most times these movies are not expensive. So that's what gets me about the whole thing. And Early in your career, you really, you made headlines um, with receiving an independent spirit award for Go for Sisters, which was an independent. Yeah. Film, right. And Stranger Inside, which was actually an HBO film. So tell us what it was like. Go for Sisters was an independent movie. You know, it seems like it was purely independent. Completely. And, John Sales. And talk a little bit about Go for Sisters and what that was like. And it was a couple of years before you got the shy. So go for sisters. I mean, the opportunity to work with John Sales, who I feel anybody in independent film and maybe film period knows his name, knows what he does. That was like an amazing thing for me to get an offer, you know, not have to audition for it, but an offer. So when I got it, because like, let me just back up. So I had auditioned for him like maybe three or four years before that. For another film of his. You know what? We, we actually worked with him on the film Honey Dripper. Yeah, it was that. Oh, really? I would, that, yeah, no, so, it was that movie. Because that was the jazz one. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. Uh, Keb Mo. Yeah, right? that's the one. That's the one that I did not get. Um, <laughs> we have a program called the Spotlight Initiative where we pick 10 great independent films a year to support. And Honey Dripper was one of the first one. And I got to meet Keb Mo. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah. And uh, Charles Dutton was in it too, I think. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Lisa Gay Hamilton yeah. was in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. John Sales is so, I mean, to me, because again, you know, following him and following his films, such a legend, such a, right? Exactly. And, and so, that's how I felt. So you guys, you, you, you just, he just said, come join the cast. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I had met him. I auditioned for the movie that you're talking about, mm-hmm. Honey Drippers. And he was not familiar with me at that point because I was referred to him from somebody at Sundance that he used to work with. You know, he looked at my resume after meeting me and everything. And he was like, he didn't realize he had seen me so many times. And he said, you're different people every time I see you. Wow. So that was like the hugest compliment. Hugest compliment. And then, you know, I didn't get that part because he thought I was like too young looking for it. But then, you know, come back around with Gopher Sisters. I don't know how many years later that was, but, you know, he offered me this part. I'm looking, you know, I look at the script and I'm like, okay. And so you first, you see what the name is, you see them in the script and then you go to the end of the script because it's like, well, how far do they go? You know, do they get killed off? Are they just, do they just leave? She's all the way through the script. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So she's like, she's a main character. She's one of the sisters. It's like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, that was amazing to me. So it was like me and Lisa Gay both were like, yo, he just, we both did the same thing when we talked about it. We looked at the name at the front and then went to the end of the script to see if they made it to the end. Oh my and then, God, that's great. You know, cause it's just like, okay, how much, first yeah. off, am I going to make it through? How much time is this going to take? Oh, I'm the whole film, you know? So it was, it was pretty amazing and pretty fun to do. We shot out here in California and we went to Mexico and just the opportunity to work with him. It was really everything that I felt it was going to be. And it's everything that I really enjoy about filmmaking. Cause we, you know, it was an independent project. We had a house in, you know, in Burbank and we used it also as the production house. We stayed there like, three of us, you know, and we just did everything. Like we all, we had dinners, we, you know, that kind of thing I just love because it's like, you're at film camp, you're away from everybody, you're making this thing and you go off and do it. And then you come home and you talk about work and da, da, da. And you get up and you go do it the next day. So I, you know, that's that's what I enjoy of independent, not big budget films. Yeah. I would assume that you have this intensive mm-hmm. experience and then you're with the master and you're with yeah. Lisa Gay and you, I mean, it must've been an amazing experience. It was, I really did enjoy it a lot. And just being able to, it just feels like slow down and take that time and make this project. And savor it, savor those moments. Yeah, Exactly. Well, and that's, you know, your career. So you've done network television, you've done cable, you've done independent. So talk a little about network TV. I mean, I guess, you know, you had your obligatory law and order. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Being in New York. I think I had like three of them. I think I'm the only one who hasn't. 
<laughs> that's crazy. Well, there's still SBU or a girl can dream. What, what, were, what was your role in Law and Order? And did you get to live through the end? I lived through all of them. I was on Law and Order as a cop with Anthony Anderson. And I was on Law and Order, like, because you, something, the one with, there's like three of them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's one with, that Chris Knopf was on. That one I yeah. worked in a, um, I think like a bank or something. And my boyfriend had did some stuff. And that one, that particular one was full of rappers. So that's the one everybody usually knows because every rapper you could think of in Fab Five Freddy, we were all in the same episode. Myself, Anjanue Ellis, Fab, I think it's Sticky Fingers from Onyx, and somebody else was in there. It's like the was, rapper episode. Was it, was it fun? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, those things are like, yeah, they are. They are. They're fun. I mean, Dick Wolf's got an amazing machine going on there. Yeah. And, okay, <laughs> you've worked with a lot of masters. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have. I have. And I wouldn't think of it like James Kahn just died. And I worked with him on Out of Blue in New Orleans like three or four years ago. Wow. I wouldn't have, you know, it's like, yeah, I've worked with a lot of people, a lot of great people. And then commercials. And you had, I, I was, you know, some of our researchers found you were in Cadillac commercials with mm-hmm. Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall in Succession. Right. So go back there. That was crazy. That was, that was like one of those kind of, I'll just say it's one of those things that I booked that is really how I book most work. And it's from relationships. I'm not really an audition person. It's relationships that get me jobs. In that case, the woman who cast, oh, the director of that was Ned. I can't think of his last names. He did a movie with Jessica Chastain, but he directed those commercials. So they had like a movie director doing these commercials. And it was the DP for Steven Spielberg, who's amazing. And me and Jeremy were like husband and wife. And Adrian, I can't think of her last name. I can't think of anybody's name. Played my mom in one of them. Adrian did. And so, you know, it was it was just like fun. I had never done a commercial before. And I, you know, I always say like, if you could get me one where I don't have to talk, I can do it. Because I feel for me when I watch commercials that people just say stuff and it's like, you know, it's like, it's just fast without thinking. And I cannot talk without thinking. So everything has to process first. I don't think I'm fast enough. Well, <laughs> for commercials. You're, deep. you're deep. You're deep about it. Well, talking about that, well, with the shy, is it every word on the script or do you ever say, Hey, what about this? What about that? How does that work? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely a, Hey, how about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, it is what's on the script. It's very, you know, it's very seldom. Like sometimes it'll just be like little words here and there, either that fit you better with how you speak just to get them out clean or easier or something that just sounds more correct in the situation. But yeah, I mean, I, I make my little notes, ask questions, that kind of stuff. 
Was there I think, ever, you know, because you're always trying to make it better, you know? Was there ever any times when you really were like, you, did you ever, do you ever come, I'm sure you don't come head to head, but you know, and you're nice and you're very nice, Yolanda Way saying, you know, this would really be better. Did you ever, ever have to defend any of your creative suggestions? Um, not in this. No, no, not in this. You also did the uh, Viola Davis show. Yeah. How to get away with murder. How, what was that like? That was fun. I mean, you, you know, good, you had a good arc on that one. I know. Is it crazy, Claudia? <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun because, you know, you're working with a friend. It's an interesting part. Tell, and, tell me about the part. Well, Claudia, she's in a jail and Viola's character comes in as this, you know, her character was a lawyer and all this and that. And so her story had been on TV. So they knew who she was coming in. So you have somebody that with my character, she kind of, she's a little rough around the edges. She also kind of poked at Viola's character as well, you know, messing with her to kind of get her on edge. And, you know, there was a blow up at one point. And it's funny. Cause like I had, I had a stand in, well, stunt double, I should say. And, but at the same time, I was this person punching at Viola and it's like, yo, you know, in that case, you really don't want to mess up. You really don't want to like make contact. You know what I mean? So just get it right. Make those punches go and make them go past her face. Do not that, touch her face. Hard? I mean, had you done, is that called combat? It's one punch combat. Well, I mean, in this case, I feel like any of it where you have to do physical things that could touch or hurt or harm somebody, you have always a stunt coordinator, always. Even, I think even if not, if you could possibly hurt yourself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in this case, it was me throwing punches at Viola and not making contact. Hopefully I didn't, I did not, I did not, I did not harm. I did not harm. No violas were harmed <laughs> in the making of those episodes. The, exactly. Now, what about your short film, The Bond? Tell me about that. The Bond is a young filmmaker. She approached me actually during COVID, which, so, you know, that was like something that I shot during that, which was, you know, like interesting because we didn't quite know what was going on. It was like the beginning of it. We actually talked like week two of it. Do you remember? I was at home at that point. Yeah, you were at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It was crazy. We yeah. were trying to be normal, but you know, we were both thinking, what the hell is going on? And when is it going to be over? Yeah. Yeah, because I was ready to go back to work. But even though it was really nice being home for. Yeah, that was sort of the silver while. lining, having my kids home. Yeah. And I think my parents, too. It was nice being there. Really, then we were ready for everyone to like, you know, <laughs> go back, <laughs> go back to work. <laughs> I know what you mean. I was ready to get back to whatever it was. So you shot was- the Bond during COVID, and then you also, but what you were shooting the shy during COVID? Too. I mean, yeah, because we're still in COVID, so yeah. But the, I mean, the other, the short was like it was like at the beginning, so we didn't even know what it was going to be. You know, as far as like what COVID was going to be, how long it was going to be. I mean, and I shot something else during that time, too. Like, I just took the time to shoot something for a show of mine 
since nobody's going anywhere or doing anything. And when we went back to work, like work, work, it, you know, it was interesting having all the new rules in place as far as testing three times a week, every other day. And you know, yeah, when you were talking about the um, combat coordinator and then you're talking about the um, I was just thinking about all the new coordinators that are on the set. Too. Oh, well, yeah. You know, um, yeah, your intimacy coordinator, I'm sure your yeah. combat coordinator. Your, yeah. Intimacy. And that's I'm trying to think. We had one, I think, before that. But things really didn't get in place, like super, super duper in place until like right before COVID and then right after COVID started, like other things in place, you know? Well, I mean, um, it, it is all evolving too. Yeah, always, always. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, in some places there's a loosening with, if you're filming outside, not having masks on, you know, versus in the studio. I and mean, it also depends on the projects, you know, and who's backing them. So you're living in Chicago. When, I mean, you guys film in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So what had you had you been to Chicago a lot before? Did you know? I've been to the airport. Yeah. Uh, I got stuck in the airport once. I had never been in the city at all. So, you know, when I first got there, it was so crazy because there's a huge body of water. It reminded me of the West Side Highway coming down Lakeshore right, Drive. Right, right, yeah. You know, and then all this water. And I'm like, what? ocean is that this is crazy there's a beach there's what is that and because it's beautiful it's like bluish green it's beautiful you know we have a Hudson River that's like danky and gray and you don't want to fall off in there or anything it's it's just it's completely different and they were like that's the Great Lake and I'm like what I mean, and, and then you go back and your school. whole mind goes back to school. Like, wait a minute, the right. great lakes. Like, I never knew what they, you know, I just lake. Okay, a big lake, but Are you that's like an ocean. No, all, all of them. Are there seven? Five. Five. Okay, well. And know. then they, they have the streets in, in Chicago of them. Because there's oh, really? Michigan, Erie, Superior. What are the other two? Oh, there's two more. Um, Look at you all showboating knowing this. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I'm still down, too. I'm still down, too. But. <laughs> It's like they're massive and beautiful. How about the winters? Are they as uh oh well you're from to... Nebraska, so just... <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, we do we okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, winters too. Like, yeah, winters like too. baby winter compared to Nebraska. Well, no, we have baby winters because they have the wind. Uh, and the right. wind the is... off the lake, right? I always hear about that. It's horrible. There was one like first year. First year was probably the worst as far as winters. It seems like it's gotten a little bit milder to me anyway. I was being pushed across the street by the wind. And I was like, wow. okay, this is crazy. And but also it was March. So where where is spring at? Because I still got my winter coat on with the hood up. It's cold out here. It was crazy. So and Chicago has a lot filming there, right? Yeah, it has a, it's a whole lot. It's funny how many people, like on our show, even the guest stars that they hire are usually from Chicago. And so when you have all these actors that have now moved to L.A. that are coming back to work in Chicago where they're from, it's just, it that's, just goes to the show. That's a funny phenomenon. 
yeah, there's so much production there. And there's another studio that's going to be opening up. So it's like there's going to be even more production there. It's, it's, it's a really hot place to be working. So speaking of hot, what's, what's new? What's on board next for this hot actor director? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> um, I have American Gigolo, which I just wrapped on. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but I'm on. Is that, a, is that a series? or a- Yeah, it's a new series starring yeah. John Bernthal and Gretchen Maul. Wow. So you did that because you had downtime from the shy. So now you're doing this. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to ask you about that. Well, what do you play in American Gigolo? Her name is Lizzie and uh, she's a new friend of Julian, the American Gigolo. <laughs> and wh- how, how is that set? Where'd you guys film that? Oh, we, we filmed in Venice, Venice, California, California. Mm-hmm. And is that a limited series? No, it's a seasonal series, right? American yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Showtime too. So you're, mm-hmm. you're a Showtime system. <laughs> yeah. And Paramount. So you have that. And when does that, when does that premiere? You know what? I'm not sure that I don't know about that one. When us coming out. When do you guys start filming again? Well, because you're going to get another season. We know that. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah, we're getting another season. Let's just yeah. say it. Let's just put it out there. It's positive thinking. It's putting out in the air. Yeah. We have been in the past shooting like January to May, June. Oh, that's the perfect Chicago weather that January, February, March. <laughs> well, yeah. Crazy. And you also get to see different seasons, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, so last question. Yeah. What would you tell young Yolanda back in Nebraska? You're 16, 17. And I think at that point you're thinking about acting, right? No, I didn't think about acting at all. Mm -mm. What were you thinking about? I went to New York at 17, just going to New York, going to New York and learning this new place. And when did you start to talk thinking about acting? I mean, it wasn't as a career. Yeah, it it wasn't a thought. I did some extra work on SNL to make a couple hundred dollars because a friend of mine was sick one weekend and I asked if I could fill in because it wasn't like I was doing anything on Saturday and they let me. But this was during the time of Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. Who else was that? Like Chris Rock. And it was that crew of people. Wow. At that time. Did you get to go to that party? They always have the party. On oh, Saturday. no, the extras are not doing that. Oh, yeah. But now? <laughs> well, now would be a different. You know what? I thought about that recently when I was watching it. I don't remember who was on, but I was like, you know what? It's a different story now. If I went home, like, yeah, I could probably get party. into a party now. Yeah. yeah. And that's they owe important. me several parties. And we know that's what's important. <laughs> mm, you are correct. Yes, you are. So what would, what would you tell the young extra on the young Yolanda extra, who's an extra on Saturday Night Live? What piece who of wasn't it? thinking of acting, but got her stuff together. Crash the party. Uh, that you will be making the difference in a lot of people's lives soon. What I tell people on in these interviews is that As actors, we are products. You know, we are products. We are selling a thing. Even though we are artists, we're selling products. So for you to then go and act like somebody else is not gonna help you because you can't be somebody else really good. You can be yourself super great. You can put out the best version of you, but 
you cannot put out the best version of you being somebody else. Nobody wants to buy that, you know? So sell yourself, sell what it is you have uniquely to you and you'll feel good about it, you know, at the same time. And you'll be the best at it. Now that is great advice. Thank you. Thank you. That is great. And then that is it, because you can't top <laughs> that kind of advice. Yolanda, thank you so much for being on the show. And everyone out there, start binging the shy and start tuning into American Gigolo. Please be sure to come back next week when we have the legendary, iconic actor, Francis Fisher, who joins us. See you then. Thanks for hanging out with the Creative Coalition. Catch every episode by subscribing. And for more information about how you can help protect funding for the arts and harness the power of the arts to promote social good, visit us at thecreativecoalition.org. If you like At Home with the Creative Coalition, you'll love the Creative Coalition's new podcast series, On the Edge. On the Edge spotlights stories of opportunity, discovery, and courage, and features incredible individuals whose unique stories are not always pretty, but always inspirational. New episodes are available bi-monthly. On the Edge with the Creative Coalition. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more.